Hello to everyone who's listening to this broadcast. My name is Kali Jama from all the way cold winter city called Minnesota. I've been here for decades living uh, in between Minnesota and other states, um, but I made my living here in Minnesota uh, for the benefit of my children. I'm one of the organizers who organize Amazon. Um, I never uh, been an organizer, but I was always a I always fought and had voices for places I go to. I see anything that is not fair or right, I will speak out. All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Working People, a podcast about the lives, jobs, dreams, and struggles of the working class today. Brought to you in partnership with In These Times Magazine and The Real News Network, Produced by Jules Taylor and made possible by the support of listeners like you. Working People is a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. So if you are hungry for more worker and labor focused shows like ours, follow the link in the show notes and go check out the other great shows in our network. And please uh, support the work that we are doing here at Working People so, you know, we can keep growing. And keep bringing y'all more important conversations uh, with our fellow workers every single week. Uh, you can do that by leaving us positive reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can share these episodes on your social media. And of course, share them with your coworkers, your friends, and your family members. And, uh, of course, the single best thing you can do to support our work here is become a paid monthly subscriber on Patreon for just five bucks a month. If you subscribe for ten bucks a month, you'll also get a print subscription to the amazing In These Times magazine mailed to your door every month. Um, but you'll also, whether you subscribe at the $5 or $10 level, you'll immediately get access to all of the great bonus episodes that we've published over the years. Uh, we've been publishing some really, really uh, awesome bonus episodes with a whole lot of great guests lately, so you guys don't want to miss out on those. Just head on over to patreon.com slash working people. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash working people. Hit the subscribe button. And you'll immediately get access to all of that great bonus content. And thank you all so much to everyone who is already a subscriber. My name is Maximilian Alvarez, and I am really excited to get a chance to talk with our incredible guest, Callie, today. Uh, as you guys heard, uh, Callie has been um, deeply involved with frankly, like some of the most important worker organizing victories that we have seen this year or in recent memory coming out of Minnesota. Um, you know, there, there's just been so much intense uh, rank and file struggle happening over there in Minnesota. Uh, and Callie's been there with her co-workers, you know, in the thick of it. And you know, we, we really wanted to uh, find time on the show to sort of talk about this recent landmark victory by Amazon workers uh, in Minnesota, which I know a lot of you guys listening have heard about because you've asked us about it. Uh, so we're going to we're going to dig into all of that today. And I guess if you haven't heard about it, I wanted to kick us off by um, just reading a couple passages uh, from a great article in The Nation, which we will link to. 
In the show notes, this article is titled, Minnesota Enacts Landmark Protections for Amazon Warehouse Workers, uh, and it is co-authored by Abdurrahman Musse, Emma Greenman, and Aaron Murphy. Um, and so the authors write in this piece, quote, Minnesota has learned the hard way about the human cost of Amazon's soaring profits and the company's ever-expanding footprint. After Amazon arrived in the state eight years ago, the company imported its high-tech business model and dangerous management practices that have made its warehouses one of the most unsafe places to work in Minnesota. Inside Minnesota warehouses, Amazon's injury and turnover rate are astronomical. There's one injury on the job for every nine Amazon warehouse workers every year. This is twice the rate of injury at non-Amazon warehouses in Minnesota and more than four times the rate at private industries. These high injury rates are directly attributable to how Amazon manages workers in their warehouses, enforcing an excessively rapid pace of work through the system of electronic surveillance and discipline that Amazon has pioneered. Workers tell us they push themselves to the brink, racing against a machine with quotas set by algorithms that treat them like robots, not like human beings. And while this is a problem across Amazon warehouses, in Minnesota, the problem is 30% higher than the national average. The Warehouse Worker Protection Act has the power to change this. The bill requires employers to provide warehouse workers with written information about all quotas and performance standards they are subject to, in addition to how these quotas and standards are determined. Employers must provide this information in the workers' primary language, a crucial requirement for warehouses in our state, where more than 86,000 Somali-born immigrants and family members live. Importantly, the bill also stipulates that employers cannot fire or take disciplinary action against a worker who fails to meet a quota that wasn't disclosed disarming one of the primary excuses Amazon may use to punish or fire workers who seek better conditions or to organize. The bill also mandates that if Amazon or a particular worksite has a rate of injury 30% higher than the year's industry average, the Minnesota Commissioner of Labor and Industry will open an investigation. Finally, the bill establishes a private right of action for workers, meaning current or former workers can bring a civil suit for damages and injunctive relief to obtain compliance with this law. And this bill doesn't just cover Amazon workplaces. It applies to all warehouses with more than 250 workers at a site or 1,000 across the state, end quote. So... You know, it, it really can't be overstated like how um, seismic of a victory this is against the second largest private employer in the United States owned by one of the richest human beings on the planet. And so I wanted to just start by sending all of our love and solidarity to Callie and, and her co-workers and everyone involved in this fight um, and to just really give them a huge shout out for fighting that fight because it took a lot and it took a number of years to, to kind of 
get to where we are now. And as I said, we're going to we're going to dig into that fight. We're going to talk more about what this bill means. But um, Callie, before we get there, I would love to just kind of sit and chat a, a little more about you and, and kind of your backstory. So um, I was wondering, yeah, if we could kind of uh, you said that you had moved around uh, a bit, I guess. Um, where did you grow up as a kid? So I came to Minnesota and the ending of 93. And, and beginning of 94, in between, my mom always said 93 and 94. So um, we were the second Somalian generation who came to Minnesota from Somalia, from the war. Um, and me coming to the U.S., I, I was around, I believe, nine or eight years old. So I, I didn't have a lot of, of my background mentality from back home coming here. We went straight to school. It was okay, but my mother struggled. You know, as an immigrant mother in Minnesota at that time was really, really cold. Right now, I think we have no uh, warmer, global warming, I believe, like weather is getting better. But we still have straight nine months of uh, snow. So coming to America, we were never warned uh, about the situation and the living. You know, we, as my mother always told us, I came to give you guys a better life, a better living, you know, from what we come from. Um, so living here, we kind of got adapt to the lifestyle here because I came in young. But uh, one of the things I was more interested in at that time, because, you know, from in Africa, unless your family comes from money or, or good background, you really don't get education. And that's the difference between America. That's what people say. America is the dream world, you know, where you dream, it happens, which is true. If you put your mind to it, right? But coming here and just as an immigrant and always getting bullied and being different with the African-American community, with the Asian, with the Latinas, we didn't fit in, you know, because we were black, but we still didn't fit in in the African-American community. They didn't like us. They called us, you know, names, horrible names at the uh, Caucasian. It was just so confusing because at that time, I think they didn't have a lot of black people living here as much as like a bigger cities like New York and, you know, um, Seattle and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, just living here, feeling different, because coming from back, back home, people loved each other. We didn't know poor or rich or middle class, because everyone we shared, you know, coming from that shared the war, you know, made you love one another, right? Give what you have to your neighbors, your friends, whatever. So it was a challenge in growing up in Minnesota as a teenager. I ended up moving away because I couldn't deal with it. Um, but I had a brother who passed away years back that was um, more advocate to the Somalian community, the new refugee who will help make their family members understand. So I kind of have his background because I always used to help him walk on the streets, you know, help kids who didn't understand their family members because the culture with the religion was really difficult for a lot of family members that didn't understand the way life goes here compared to back home. So coming from that, I always fought for anybody, you know, whenever I went somewhere, I fought. So when I will fight, that we want big in Minnesota the first time was the hijab. Because we couldn't, as a Muslims, we could not get in. Like my mom wore those big cover clothes and she was getting difficult. Places were calling her thief. You know, um, she was getting harassed because of what she was wearing. They would lie about her and say she tucked things underneath. It, it was a crazy time between 95 all the way to 98. So we fought that. We had to make people understand. And we fought for the translating to get a translators in schools, certain places. But I left in 97, moved to New York City. I was in between New York and um, DMV. 
So I came here once I had my kids because I didn't want to um, raise my kids in a big city because I knew how struggle it was there as a single parent. So when I had my, um, when I got pregnant, I moved here with my daughter. Then I had my son here. I stayed here ever since 2002 once I got married. So I never left. But once I got married, I, as a single mom, I always put my kids first. I put my life second, my education, everything, because I wanted my kids to have the best of all, what I couldn't have, and make them understand. So as a single mom, I always had two jobs. You know, I always worked as an assistant, um, nursing assistant, uh, personal care, home health aid. Like, I was always in a nursing field. So, and once my kids went to high school, I, started, I went and got my registered nurse. But long story short, once I lived here and stayed in Minnesota, warehouses was the second easiest job to get because that kind of uh, works with my time because I worked overnight in a hospital where I can come take my kids to school and then, you know, go to Amazon. Like, it worked. So long story short, I heard about Amazon 2018 when they did the walkout and all that, you know. I wasn't working there then. I had two, I uh, worked in a hospital and I worked in assistant living. So I didn't have time. But once uh, COVID hit, you know, uh, the death rise, you know, the COVID, the assistant living, a lot of um, all the people passed away. So the job got less. Hours got less. So a friend of mine came to me and he's like, hey, there's a place called Amazon, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I called her, I was like, cool. She said they have a flex thing called flex. You can pick up whenever days you want, make your money, you know, that you do. You like, you don't deal with anyone. You deal with the app. So I was like, that's kind of cool. You make your own schedule. And there's also um, a shift that is four nights, like, you know, back half nights. They do uh, Friday to Sunday, 12-hour shift. Front half nights, they do Sunday to Wednesday. Um, you know, like 10, you go in 5 to 3 more. 3.30 in the morning. So I was like, that actually 5 p.m. to 3.30, that's perfect for me, you know, once I get off this job. So I start working there. You know, when you're a, a middle class and you trying to make up and your kids are going to college, you need that extra money, you know? So for me, it was like weekly pay too. Like who, who doesn't want to get paid weekly, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's better than what I, you know, instead of waiting two weeks. So it was good when I first started. So when I went, when first, first it was so confusing, the whole interview thing, it's an app, email, you know, which a lot of job uses. And then some of their people, when I'm trying to ask direction and things will have attitude. I'm like, what kind of company gives you attitude? And they set you up for interview. You know, it's not my fault that I can't find the location. But that was confusing. I didn't make nothing of it. And then they said, you. So when you go for an interview, you know, you're thinking like you're sitting there with questions. So the interview is basically you getting the card. You're already hired, but they just don't tell you. <laughs> you know, you're basically going to get your card, registration, and want to go for your orientation. So we went to the orientation. Um, we were like 30 people on our orientation. And majority of those people were Somalians and Latinas, you know. So what threw me out at the time was they were speaking English the whole time, but none of the people out of seven of us understood the language. So that I was like, I thought that was kind of weird. And I was like, you know, yeah, and then thing I, yeah. And I was like, how does people going to understand? So the Somalians, you know, once we see each other, we'll come like, are you Somali? Can you, ex you know, help me? So I was like, sure, this is what he said. Da, da, da. The guy just came up like, hey, you know, they're not understanding you guys. So he kind of like brushed it off. So I said, okay, I guess this must be a thing, you know? Maybe they have translators inside. I don't know, because I didn't want to judge a company until I know it for myself. 
So we got done that 10 hours, which was nothing because you barely learned anything, but how much Amazon wants you to reach and what the goals are, you know, that they were not talking about safety and these certain things. I'm like, I know I have not got a job for years, but this is not what orientation is supposed to be because orientation is supposed to teach you about the company, your rights, what you have rights to, you know, how the company flows, you know, like what you need to know around the company that you're working for. So there's a thing called three days or seven days of flow training. So they have a site called Pick and Stowing. So I got hired for stowing, you know. So as they were training us, first you're standing up for 10 hours, <laughs> actually eight and a half hours to stand up for it, right? Um, the waters are not nearby because when I started, it was winter. It was still COVID the first time, 2020. So it was okay. 2022, there was still COVID. So when I start getting on the floor for three days, because I, I speak the language I understood, so I kind of um, learned a little bit faster. So I was like, I'm just ready to do this. And I did it. And she showed like, you're doing good. You had, so this is what they tell you. You have 90 days to make mistakes or to learn. No one will punish you or discipline you or no write-ups, right? Which is a lie. I found out they don't give you, they say they give you 90 days, but you still can get fired without 90 days, without a question. So I was like, okay, fine. So I knew the job. I didn't see it. I didn't think the job was hard. I just didn't think it's fair on the condition that we were working on. So on the second week, I'm working with a lady literally crossed. It's like literally five feet away from me, coughing, vomiting, and cannot go home. So I didn't understand that. Jesus. You know, and I'm like, how is this normal? Like, it was still in COVID. Even though it's 2022, we're still in COVID. You know, COVID wasn't cleared yet. So um, we're still wearing masks. So I was like, okay. Maybe I was like, maybe you, 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 you're overreaching. Because my kids always tell me, mom, you overthink too much, you know? So I said, maybe, you know, she, she talked to somebody. So I stayed there. Um, break time came in. I went to the person. I said, you know, they, you should go and talk to the managers and let them know you're not feeling good. Because I don't feel safe working next to you. Because, you, you know? It's still COVID, and I feel like we're touching the same things. We're touching the same table, same items. Like, I need to know that I'm safe. So she said, I can't go. I said, why you can't go? She was like, because I don't have a, a so VTO is a volunteer time that they give you. Personal time is called a UPT and the vacation. So if you don't have either one of those, you cannot go home. Right? So I said, that's crazy. So I didn't pay mine. I'm like, you know, there's no way they can do that. So I said, maybe this person just loves making money. They don't want to go home. That's how I took it until it happened to me. So working there, the third, the, after a month later, I got really ill. I got really sick. You know, like the summer when it comes in with the allergy, you know, my nose and I have my own health issues. I got really sick. I didn't have those hours. I didn't have any personal time because they give you personal time as you work. And the VTO, every shift, uh, every day that you work, it adds up only one hour. So we work 40 hours, right? A week, Sunday to Wednesday from five to three 30. Right. So if you miss a day, you don't get a VTO. That's the unpaid time. You get an hour or 30 minutes every shift you work. Imagine you working 40 hours, 30 an hour every shift you work. Would that even add up to 40? No, it will take mm -hmm. at least months before it adds up to 40, right? 
So, and there's a thing called um, personal time. They give you every 90 days, 10 hours. What does 10 hours do for you? For And you got to wait every 90 days. And I think it only has up to six months that you can get that only if you're new. If you're not new, you don't even get that personal time. So when I got sick, I didn't have any of that because I used a couple of the hours here and there coming in late or the traffic holding me during the winter, right? So I only had like an hour and two hours of my vacation. So I came to the manager. I told the manager, I'm really sneezing. I don't feel good. I need to go to, I need to go home. You know, like I'm feeling dizzy and nauseous because I was sneezing a lot because it is a big warehouse. So when my manager was like, okay, I, I don't know what I can do for you, but you can go to the HR and talk to them. So I walked to this HR, which I, I do not like them because I don't even know the reason they are there because they cannot do anything for you, which I'm going <laughs> to learn the hard way. And I go there because anyone tell you go to the HR, that's okay, a plus, right? Either they're going to do something or they help you with something, right? So I go there and I tell this lady, she's like, oh, before I even say anything, say, oh, do you have any personal time? No. Do you have BTO? No. Do you have vacation? I'm like, no, I only have one hour. I already told the manager. He sends you all the information we spoke about. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I didn't talk to him. So first, miscommunication. There's no communication there. So the managers with the HR, with the office, they don't even know what's going on on the floor or whatever. That's one thing I got from the first meeting that I met with the HR. And I said, I'm not feeling well. I need to go home. She said, you cannot go home. I said, what do you mean I cannot go home? I don't feel what she said. Either you quit or if you walk out, you're automatically fired. I was like, what? But I'm not feeling well. I cannot stand for another eight and a half hours. I know my body, you know? And this is the head of the HR. So I told her, she was like, there's nothing I can do. Either you go back to work or you, you know, we let you go. You don't have a choice. So I said, what does it take for me to go home? Do I have to faint? You know, or fall, like faint. She said, if that's what it takes. That word threw me off, pissed me off. Because I was like, that is unhuman. Yeah, to Jesus, man. Anyone like that, you know. And, and that was after we did the walkout and everything that was still acting up. So the, the whole reason I did the walkout was I felt like with Amazon is one of the richest company. And I felt like, so I'm sorry, I'm, when I first did the walkout, was because, it wasn't because of the working condition at the beginning, because I already knew the working condition was horrible. You know, I was talking to the labor with uh, Abdurrahman, um, the East African Community Award Center. So I reached out to them. So the reason I came out with the first walk is they will not let us celebrate Eid. I don't know if you know what Eid is. Mm -hmm. so yeah, but I guess for, for our listeners, go ahead and, and say a little about that. So Eid, it's an Islamic celebration. So we only get that twice a year. Uh, one for the 30 days of the Ramadan that we fast. And the second one, it, which is supposed to come up in June or July. So, you know, when I went there and first, you know how any job, when you go to a job, you give them heads up. Because, you know, a lot of places don't understand the Islamic religion. So I always give them heads up. Hey. Next month is Ramadan. Within that month, we don't know exactly what our day is. But in between these days, I want to get off, you know? You ask ahead and you get approval or not, you find out. With Amazon, they say, no, 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 just come back three days period to that. Look how manipulate they, they manipulate the people who don't understand the system. <laughs> so I was like, three days? Well, I have to tell you three days, I'm telling you. No, she said, either, either you do a two-week leave of absence or you have to come in. We can't get so I, 
I said, you guys have it in your contract, religious rights. I didn't ask you to hire all Muslims. That is not my concern. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, that one's on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that is not my concern. Like, I'm sorry, but I didn't tell you to hire a whole Somalian community who are Muslims, you know? And because one of the words she said is, oh, we can't afford all of you guys off. I said, that's not our issue and our concern because we didn't tell you to hire all Muslims. You know, when Christmas come, you guys shut it down. You know, Memorial Day, for God's sake, 4th of July, we don't work. You know, and we can't get the one day that we want to celebrate. And we asking with no pay. We're not even asking you to pay us. Give us the option. Whoever wants to work can work. Whoever don't, let them able to have that day off. And the lady was like, I can't stand African people like you that come to America trying to change it. That threw me off. Wow. The next couple of days, I, I asked anyone who wanted to walk out with me. So we did the walk up a time called Prime. It's like that. I worked overnight. So from 5 to 3.30. So it starts from 11 to 1. There's a prime. So you know how you order something right now, right? And Amazon, it tell you for the next 24 hours, you get delivery, right? Mm-hmm. So those stuff come in at 11 at night, every night, every shift. You have two hours to fill those orders out. They got to go within two hours, right? So I'm, I'm 40. I'm working with a 19-year-old next to me. We can't have the same speed rate. You can't put us in the same speed rate because a 19 year old, like even though I can be fast, I still don't have the energy, the way that kid moves. You know, like when you're young, you have a different level of energy, right? Compared when you get to a certain age. I don't know, maybe as a mother. So they made this lady who's like 80 some years old work same speed rate as a 21 years old. So you have to do 2,500 by the end of your shift at least for the rate and their rate you rate means a speed. They watch your speed. So the computer tells you how fast you're going. And if you go slow, guess what? No one's going to come say anything after seven days later. Okay. They will come to you. You already got a write up that you don't know nothing about. You don't even know you have a write up until they come to you that week after and tell you how horrible you were how bad your rate was. And if you don't keep up, you like, they won't, they won't even hesitate. They will tell you, if you don't keep up, you are fired like straight up on your face. No hesitation. So tell me about someone who just came to United States less than a year who don't know their rights, can't speak the language. How can they fight back? It, 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 they can't because to me, I was like, that's not fair. And that's who they hired. So I feel like they targeted certain people that works at Amazon. You know, that will handle, because if you look at the, the highest speed of Amazon is majority of vulnerable adults, like ladies are like 60s, 50s, you know, 70s are the fastest in there because they're so afraid to lose their job because the young ones, they don't last there. You know, they come in, they're like, oh, I'm not going to deal with this craziness. Like I can get a better job and they leave. You know, their turnover is crazy. They hire 30 people every other Sunday. And out of those 30, there'll be like 10 or seven or six people who remains, you know? So when I start observing most of their uh, orientation, I noticed the only higher specific type of people. And I'm like, this is why Amazon is getting away with it because the majority of the people that work here don't know their rights. So what I start doing is pulling up some cards, making up rights, 
of cards asking another colleague if he could have to print them out in Somali and in English. <clears throat> and I passed them out because majority of the workers there out of 100%, 75 to 85% of Somalians, people who work there. You know, this is most of the Somali race. And the second one is Latinas, the third African-Americans. So, <clears throat> and then one thing I also noticed and, and that pissed me off and did the protests and organized it more is I felt like there was a race thing going on in Amazon because <laughs> there was a Caucasian lady, I'm sorry, there was this white lady that got injured, but they found her a place for her to sit and work. But one majority of Somali people get injured or anything, they end up staying home or not allowed to come because they can't find a job for them, which I think is crap, you know, because I see others who get this job and I'm like, why can you spend that job or make it more bigger for others when injury happened, injury that you guys costing it, you know, mm -hmm. because people are so afraid to lose a job. I say, I'm not afraid to lose Amazon. I can get a job anywhere I want, you know, because I know what I'm worth, but I know these people coming from different countries, not understanding the system. They come to this country to, you know, when we come to America, when we look in America, this is a dream. It's a country that literally can make you or break you, right? Either you make it or you don't, but you have 90% of a chance to make it. I think it depends on the person, how bad they want it, right? So when people come to America, they come for opportunity, for better life, not to be abused or mistreated at warehouses, you know, and, and the reason why I fought this fight so hard, I want people to understand America is not what people put out there for. And coming to America will make you, as long as you follow the laws and you know what's your rights and what you deserve, right? So I start talking to a well, lot of people. Oh, well, I was just going to, I was just going to say, because I think that's such a, a, a powerful point. And, um, I want, I, I want to kind of hover on that for a second for, for people listening so like let let's make sure in our minds to pause like we're 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 at the moment in this story where you are leading these walkouts uh you're talking to your coworkers and educating them about their rights you're you're producing material uh that's available in English and Somali so like we'll we'll come back to that in a second but it it made me think about what you were talking about when you when you got to Minnesota when you were 9 and just how much of a culture shock that must have been. Because I, I was actually, I was in Minneapolis like a couple months ago in the middle of winter. Um, and I was in a, a, a cab talking to a, a Somali American driver about how we were not made for this weather. Because <laughs> like, I, my family's Mexican. And when I show up to the Midwest like that, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> like, this is too, this is not what my people were made for. And, and like, we were just joking about like how you adjust to, to a, a place that cold, but also just so much else that you have to adjust to. I, I, I guess I just wanted to, ask if you could say a little more about um that experience for you and for the the your co-workers um because i imagine folks listening to this are are maybe wondering like why are there so many you know like somali immigrants in minneapolis and and what is it like uh adjusting to life there and and then like yeah, like, I mean, like my family, like so many other immigrant families, like, you know, working hard, trying to get that American dream. 
Um, you know, what is it like, you know, fighting that fight and then realizing just like, uh, 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 how exploitative, you know, employers are and how much people take advantage of you and try to actually prevent you from realizing that dream. Yeah. And how race is like, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know where race was until I came to America. You know, I didn't understand where race was until I came to United States. And I didn't really fully understand racism until I went to high school, you know, and bullying because Africa, there's no such thing as bullying. You know, there's discipline. Like imagine back home, a teacher can whoop you <laughs> for disrespecting our older. So mm. I come from a background of respecting our older. You know, one of the shocking things for me when I first came to the United States from Africa was how ungrateful the children, the kids of America are. I hope I don't, no one takes it the wrong way. When I, when I say that is when you come from country that you have to pay for your education, you know, or you don't get no education or you have to like, everything is money. And then you come to a country that's telling you, here's a free education, learn, you know, be a better person. And then you see children who suspect teachers, you know, cause teachers to us, those are the people who bring our future to us teach us to be better in life in the future. Right. So my most shocking thing was coming here, going to school and the disrespects towards the teachers who were teaching us things and how kids were just so ungrateful to the teachers. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I, I, as I lived here, it's a normal thing. Then, you know, it became normal <laughs> because it is the mentality of American way where Africa, we couldn't disrespect teachers. We can't talk back to the teacher. You can't be a minute late. You can't have a dirty socks on, dirty fingernails. You know, it was a discipline that you had to follow in order to be in school. Because when we went to school, that's for you to be better in your life. Not for your teacher. Your teacher already has her life, you know, in there. This is your beginning. So it's more appreciation. But that's what I didn't understand, how America take, they, they don't appreciate the opportunities that come with education. You know, mm -hmm. that was one of the culture shocking. And, and now I think compared 20 years ago and now it's different because now I feel like it's a little Mokadisho in Somalia, like Minnesota is a little Somalia to me because the culture really expand. Like everywhere you go, you see a lot of different and diverse cultures, all this. It wasn't like this back in 90s. It was really like I used to call, I think we live in a village. This cannot be America, you know? And my mom is like, no, this is part of America because we didn't choose to come to Minnesota. When you're coming, they already chose where you're going. You know, I don't know if you ever heard of a flat. This is like refugee that... resettlement kind of place. Because yeah, we have so we have a lot of like Viet like refugees from uh, the Vietnam War who were relocated to Southern California where I grew up, and so that was like you know there were just a lot more Vietnamese folks uh, around, and I thought that was normal for everywhere in the country, but then I learned later that it's not. No, I th and I think it's the way they do it because, um, you know, like when we were in a refugee camp and everything, and I, I was hearing New York, you know, the most famous name was New York, Virginia, Washington, Seattle, D.C., you know, the big cities. And I'm like, ooh, America, because that's what I, you see America in Africa. You know, you don't hear the small towns. You hear California, but you don't hear San Francisco or you don't hear other the small cities, right? Mm -hmm. So coming... <laughs> Here, it was just different. And people's like, I don't think you guys are going to America. You know, when you're a kid and you're talking nonsense, 
<laughs> so I was like, yes, it's America. What do you mean? I'm like, no. And they don't know once they, you know, you come into America, they give you this little American flag, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, we got the same flag, you know? So I remember me and this kid was going at it. And when I came and we saw the winter, we was like, oh my God, we're about to die. Like we felt we got we got on the wrong goddamn flight we ended up in oh siberia God, or something like, it's so funny my um may god rest it so one of my brothers you know back home we didn't have fridge you know so one of our rich, the rich neighbors that my mom worked for had a fridge and they always like when it get hot we'll see the kids you know that smoking coming out so we didn't experience that back home until we came here so when we saw the snow, my, my brother made a comment. He said, I think like is they want us to live inside the fridge the lady had. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> he said no human can go out here. When I mean Minnesota used to get cold back in nineties. Like we we had winter, you know how school starts in September, the beginning of September, the first week of school, the second week we already had snow all the way to November, <laughs> December, February. So I tell people right now, this is not a snow. You know, if you lived in Minnesota for the nine, past 90s, they used to have nine to 10 months straight of winter, like the worst cold, right? So when I went to New York, I learned the difference of the snow. But that was another shocking thing, like coming here and it was freezing. And I'm like, they came to kill us, you know, this is not America. <laughs> you know, you see California, Miami, and you'd be like, what is this, you know? And then, you know, home alone, we watched that back home. So we know the snow, but we didn't see that snow, you know? That they show on TV. So it, it was really crazy, but we got adapted to it. We had to. We didn't have a choice. I remember I had a frostbite a couple of times um, because I wore the wrong shoes. Not, you know, it's common sense wear boots, but when you come from nothing, you're not understanding. And then at the time, I remember we didn't have any clothes, nothing. So we had to wrap up with a blanket to get jackets and stuff, which was not fun. So it was memories here, but we still were grateful because we were somewhere with no war. And, you know, my mom didn't have to worry about us. Where she going to get our next meal from? So it was a lot of benefit to it also. But just coming to America for me as a young kid until today, I appreciate that my mom brought me here because it made me the person I am and the woman I am. I don't know if I was in Africa, if that would be the same, because I think I'm a fast kid. I have such a big mouth. So as a woman in Africa, there's a certain <laughs> way you can speak and you can. You got to hold your tongue. Where America says free of speech, which sometimes I doubt the free of speech because I feel like it comes privileges with certain people. But, you know, I try to always speak my mind. And I always try to remind people, like, even though you're in America, you fear God. Because at the end of the day, we all return to God. Nothing is promised in this earth. Speak your mind. You see someone getting hurt, mistreated. You have to speak because you witnessed it. You know, you have to be there. I don't fear death or anything because I know I'm going to die sooner or later. Right. So I live as a Muslim. We don't live by day. We live by moment because any moment your life can end. So every second and every moment of our life matters. Everything we do is written. So it matters how we do it. We would do it. So me coming like to Amazon, I felt like, because if, if someone would come to me 10 years ago and be like, hey, let's work in the warehouse, I'd be like, you crazy. <laughs> I've never worked in a warehouse, you know, but when you have a kid and you're a single mother, sometimes life throws you certain ways, you know, and I feel like this, me coming to Amazon, it was a way God sending me there because people were really struggling, especially my community and the Latinas. <laughs> you know, I just didn't like 
people working to lose their job. Like, you know, a company, if you don't work good, they can train you, you know? Okay, you didn't do good this, let me train you to be better. And when you see that person's not catching up, then that's fair. But a person who doesn't understand what's going on in the system, you work like crazy, 10 hours, you're back and forth in this little mini space. I don't know if you ever get a chance, there's a Amazon TikTok, which is they're always trying to uh, delete it, but we repost things in there. So maybe you guys can follow. It shows you the working condition. Now that this bill is passed, it's changing. I hope it changed for better. I, I'm planning to leave because I didn't want to leave until I knew this bill was passed. And because I felt like even when we did, um, when we organized the protest and we organized the rallies, a lot of people would sign up. But when that day before comes, so we used to do everything sneaky with them because when they found out, you know, the crazy thing is they had so many snitches in there. It's crazy. You know, like everything I did was known. So we had to hide because we found out that every time we did something, Amazon found out and like increased a dollar pay or made in more money through that day. Whoever stayed in the shift because they didn't want people coming out. You know, so we we were playing like mouse and cat game. So we had to be careful how we do our rallies because they were putting fears on people. You know, when we did the first walkout, Amazon let go a lot of people fired a lot of people, you know, which most of the people didn't understand. I told them I wish they would have fired me, you know, because I want them to fire me because I want to see why am I getting fired for speaking my rights and speaking what I believe in. You know, if I don't feel safe and my back is hurting and I'm, I don't feel uh, like too comfortable to work or feel too good to work, I shouldn't put my health in danger. You know, I should be able to go home. I should be able to get a sick pay. I shouldn't be able to have um, a doctor know to come back. Like if you worked in Amazon before, right? And let's say, you know, flu season, it comes whenever weather changes. And a lot of people get cold. And sometimes some people can't go home because Amazon is going to tell them, oh, you're going home sick. You don't have any of these hours. We need to prove that you were sick. Can you imagine that? Jeez. So every time you get cold, you got to bring a doctor no proof. I said, do you know a lot of people don't even have insurance? Like, no one can afford to go to a clinic just to prove that they had flu. This is Minnesota. Everybody knows we go through flu season, you know? Mm -hmm. The season changes, it's allergies. So I'm like, why would you guys do that? Because I had to do it. I couldn't get my... my... And then when they ask you for the doctor, no, the crazy part is they want to know what your illnesses was, what you went to see to the doctor for. <laughs> I don't know if your job ever asked you that. No. I, <laughs> that well, actually, I have. I have had. Uh, I, when I used to work at a warehouse uh, in Southern California, it wasn't Amazon, uh, but they they would say that. And so, like you, we just basically would come to work sick because I was like, well, I can't afford to go to a doctor and get a note. Um, they just made the 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 rules like it was such a high barrier to clear that no one went and got a doctor's note. Yeah, that, that, what threw me off was they wanted to know the reason I went to the doctor. Like, did you not tell me to bring a doctor note? Did you not see my nose, me coughing? Like, what other reason do you need? You know? Yeah, that's, and then that's the crazy, nuts. And the crazy thing is you don't deal with a person. You're dealing with a phone. <laughs> that's the second craziest thing. You're dealing with the phone. And then if you wanted to talk to someone, right? Like they were like the people that 
their customer service is they don't speak English. They're worse than the other person. You know, I, I'm not trying to bash anyone community, but it's like majority Indians and uh, they have huge accent. I'm already struggling with my accent. And sometimes when I'm on the phone with them, I have to hang up 20, 30 times just to get someone who can speak English that I can have better understanding with. Because if you don't, uh, if you guys have a misunderstanding, you're losing your job. Because guess what? Amazon's not going to go after their uh, customer service. They're going to go after that employee. You didn't do your part. You didn't get this part. Sometimes their machine, like the app don't even work or post or whatever you sent, it won't send. And you don't know, but your phone tells you it's been sent, but it's on their side. You get in trouble. You know, you didn't do this. So Amazon never take a blame for their parts. You know, and that's what drove me crazy there. And then when I go to the main HR, which they have an office, which I don't know why, they can't help you. They'll be like, oh, there's nothing I can do. You got to call upper people. What is upper people? What are you here for? Why I need to call upper people if you're already here? You know? And they'll be like, oh, our hands is tight. Why is your hand tight? You can't help me to see if I can go home. You can't help me to see why my PTO was taken away. So, and then this is the crazy thing. So, remember how I tell you I start my shift at 5 p.m. to 3.30, right? Amazon gives me like 30, 20 minutes, hour every other day, whatever shift. If you work that shift, if you don't, you don't get that. So let's say I was late. I came in at six. They will take a whole hour away from me. Isn't that crazy? Man. And that hour was still unpaid. I still clock in at six because my pace is at six. But the hour, they will take that whole hour I have, and I'm going to go negative the fact that I came in at six. If you don't have any hours, so they put you on negative and that negative would send you a text message every three minutes that would drive you crazy. And it will put the fear on you because their message saying warning, termination, negative. <laughs> Imagine you get a text message like that every three minutes. You'd be like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, but, you know, and sometimes the computer will put wrong negative on you. Like sometimes I will have 10 hours. And I look at my uh, A to Z app and I'm like, how did I have five hours? They will take hours. So I felt like they were doing that to certain people who didn't understand the system. Because I was like, I can go and fight him. Like, I knew I had 10 hours in here. Why is my five hours taken away? Why is this, that, that? Because I know this system. Because after it happened to me a couple of times, I always double check it. But a lot of people who get hired there don't understand that system. You know, people will come to me like, can you translate? Can you uh, read this for me? And I'm like, you guys have majority of Somalians and Latinas here. You have Spanish, but how can you not have the majority worker language that you have in this facility? And where I worked at was called MSP1. It's the number one Amazon in the whole United States that makes the highest rate. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And they treat you like dirt. Like I used to speak my mind. There was a time our manager told me, he said, your mouth will put you in trouble. I said, that's okay. Because I'm not going to be quiet. You know, you guys, a lack of safety. And then in the summer, not, I won't even talk about it in the summer. You will die in there. And their fans are so high. They have one station site is what, like 20 stations? They have six fans spaced out. They tell you, bring your own fan. Why should I bring my own fan? Fine. 
you dying in there because I sweat a lot when I work there. So I brought my own fan. The water is hot. So when you leave your station, right, let's say you got to go pee, you know, because you're drinking a lot of water to de- stay dehydrated, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, you be like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So they have four floors. Each floor has two toilets on each side. So it depends what station you wear. Some stations take five minutes, some six, so it depends, right? So you go, let's say the one on the right side, you know, it's called north side. I go there to the bathroom and it's occupied, okay? So I need to use the bathroom. So I might go to the next floor or walk to the opposite side to see in the same floor so I can make it on time. If it's there, and let's say it's occupied because there's people who love to sit on a toilet eventually, you know, and it's occupied. So you running around trying to find, and, and you know, eventually you get the bathroom, but while you're running around, your time increases, right? So you've gone 20 minutes just trying to find somewhere to pray or somewhere to run to use the bathroom because the bathroom are a distance. And you come there, your station locks you out. So you have to call the manager to unlock you out. And then they don't tell you nothing that whole week. Uh, seven days go by, you come to work. Oh, I'm just, you know, you here starting, blah. Oh, we need to talk to you. Come pull your side. What's going on? Oh, guess what? Last week you did horrible. Uh, you were gone this long. It's, it's called time task. And I'm like, why you have to wait seven days to tell me? Aren't you supposed to come the next day and let me know? You know, like, hey, so I can change my behavior or something that I'm doing wrong. But why you have to wait for seven days past or another 15 days for you guys to come and tell me what I did wrong? So a lot of people, I I know a guy that was working next to me, they came to him, they said, let's go. Next thing I knew, I didn't see the guy anymore. And then I asked around and eventually talked to him and said, oh, they fired me. I said, what happened? How did they fire you? He said, oh, I had six write-ups that I didn't even know about. I said, what, didn't you not get into your data? No. So Amazon won't show you your data. They won't show you your rates. You know, it's a lot of things they hide from. And people don't understand that they were supposed to let us know about and teach us about. So you know, like if I'm working a station, I need to know how much I rate, how much I made that night. You know, so I can know how to work with my speed, like my body, you know, able to catch up with it. Because there's kids who are making faster than you can. Not everyone works in the same speed to me. I'm speaking on my own. So I was like, okay. So I had a lot of back issues, so um, I started to notice because I felt like I was trying to catch up and do my part of the job. But then every time I went in and I felt sick, Amazon didn't care. So I was like, why would I put my hard work for a company don't care about my health? You know, I, I got cut one time. They're not supposed to have sharp objects. Sometimes they do. It will come in a wrong delivery. It, it, okay. If it came wrong. I let the manager know. He was like, okay. So one time it was this box. I didn't know it was going to be heavy. I, you know, it looked really light. Trying to grab it was a really heavy box, but it was metal. It was not supposed to be there. You know, and another time I had this liquid that got um, damaged in there. So I didn't know it was damaged. As I opened the box, it came out and it messed up my hands. Like the whole month, my hands felt weird, you know, like hard, scratchy. And I went to them. I said, I don't know. Something's spilling my hand. I don't know, you know, like, does anyone can wash my hand? They say, yeah, over there, the bathroom. Like, they didn't even care. So it's just when I was working there, honestly, I was doing my part of work, trying to catch up with the race. So one of the reasons I came out, did the protest is what I experienced. And I spoke. So that's why I always said I speak of my experience in Amazon. I can speak for everyone, but I noticed other people were going through the same. But I spoke about what really happened to me and how they treated me. 
you know. And when I went there, they made it seem like it's nothing. And then I went to a place called MCare, which I really don't know why that place exists. So, you know, when you go to any clinic, they ask you if you have allergies before they offer you any painkiller. Amazon don't ask you nothing. They say, oh, you have headache. We have ibuprofen. What do you want? First, ask me, do I have allergies? You know, do mm -hmm. I have any pill medication? I do. What if I take it and I can have the allergy and I don't know? Now all these people know their allergies, right? You're supposed to be careful about that stuff. You calling yourself an MCARE, a clinic station to help people. Another time I was fasting and I got really dehydrated. So we fast. Like the past, we were fasting 10 hours, 9 hours. It depends, right? And I went and I was like, I'm really not feeling well. I feel dizzy. You know, I've been standing. It's really hot. The station I'm in, there's no fan. But some station you can barely even move. You will make like one, two step, one, two step back, you know, to stock things. So I was like, I'm not feeling good. Can I lay down? And this guy told me, oh, no, unless we can't let you lay down. We only got three beds to get someone who's injured or back comes here. I said, but I feel nauseous and I can't stand and I can't sit. I can't lay. So no, we can't let you lay down. Can you imagine that? And I was oh. really busy, nauseous, knowing that, you know, when you're fasting as Muslim, we don't eat or drink. And I was working in a speed rate because I forgot. It was my fault. I forgot to eat that night before, but it was already too late. But I didn't think I'll get that dizzy, you know. <clears throat> but going there, they let you rest for 30 minutes. So I said, can I rest for that 30 minutes? And he said, no. Is, is your arm broken? I was like, no. Does your back go? I'm like, what, what question is that? But they was like, no, you can't. That's for someone who gets their arm or finger cut. This I said, if a person finger cut, better be at the emergency. Why are they here? They shouldn't be in this room. So basically, they were doing whatever they want. The MCARE people did not care. There was only one guy who always cared. But he was never there. That was the only person I ever seen that will ask. You have allergies. Everything is okay. If you need ice, this. And sometimes you'll walk around the floor to come and ask people because that's what the MK is supposed to do. And there was another time, another new co-worker, he was from South Africa, I believe, um, was vomiting in front of me. And I said, hey, you okay? He said, I don't feel good. I feel dizzy. So we grabbed a couple boxes, you know, like just sit down. Another co-worker went and got water because it was kind of hot that day. So we um, called the station, which they took forever to come. Once they came and said, hey, this guy cannot walk. He literally been throwing up ever since you guys, you know, until you guys came in. We don't think we could he get a wheelchair. And one of them was like, no, he can walk. He should walk his butt off. And I'm like, what? The guy can barely stand. So. I got mad. I said, I dare you to make him walk and you will see what we're going to do, you know? So he turned around. He said, oh, you that oh, troublemaker. I said, you can call me whatever you want, but you're not going to make a person we just saw vomiting, barely can stand to walk all the way to the other side of the building. No, that guy hated me. <laughs> <laughs> ever since you know he did not every time he sees me he rolled his eyes but i didn't care but i'm like you here calling to you know save people i'm a nurse anyone i see as a cpr that's the first thing i react to like if you calling yourself a nurse how are you not allowed you know like how are you allowing a person we just told you was throwing out could barely stand we had to grab boxes for him to sit down on it and you're gonna make trying to make that person walk how is that human so it was just 
I don't know if it's the company, if the company knows, but I feel like the people within the building, like those managers, supervisors, they just do whatever they feel like. They treat you however. Some people feel like they have title to Amazon. I'm like, I don't own Amazon. I'm here to make my money and move on, but I'm not going to let them treat me otherwise because some manager think he owns Amazon or some supervisor or some upper manager, you know? I'm not going to take that because I always spoke my mind, but I noticed there's a lot of Latinas and Somalian community could not speak because some of them were like, Kali, I want to be part of the fight. I want to come in and fight with you, but I'm scared to lose my job. And I couldn't get mad at them mm. because I don't know their situation. I don't know what they're going through, what their challenges in life is because everyone comes from different background, right? So I didn't get mad people who didn't come out, people who didn't, but I knew they were supporting from the back. They were there, but I can't get mad at them because I always said, just speak out, do this. And that's one of the reasons now it's so important after all this is done, Amazon to be unionized. You know, because I think once Amazon is unionized, they can't treat employees like that. Mm -hmm. You know, because union fights for the employee rights. So, and I feel like, uh, like with Amazon, my fear, most of my fear was, I wanted to leave Amazon a couple of times because, you know, I was so getting frustrated with the, uh, some of the managers there and the supervisors, so-called supervisors who don't do anything. But the reason I wanted to leave was I was getting frustrated with their workload because it felt like, so there was a time called, um, I hate pick season. I don't know if you guys ever heard. It's called Pine. So I worked uh, four days, 5 to 3.30. So that pick season is a month and I think 10 days or a month a week. That month and week, you have to work five days straight, 12-hour shift, and no excuse. You either ill, cannot move, your doctor say you can't work. I had ladies, I had like 10, 15 people quit those days. I had ladies who didn't have babysitters, but Amazon said, we need to prove that you don't have a babysitter. And I said, what? Who can prove? How, how do you bring a proof that you don't have a babysitter? You know, and people was like, can we do 10, 10 hours, seven days? Instead of 12 hours, because I have a kid to get off school. And, you know, in wintertime, it's different here. You and know? it's just like, and uh, I just like wanted to shout something for people listening. Like, notice the the double standard here. Like, when, when someone like Callie goes to HR in their separate building and says, I need answers, and they say, well, we, we can't give you any answers. Sorry, tough luck. Then, like, you know, that's that's like it. But when a worker can't find someone to watch their kid, Amazon needs like eight different forms filled out to prove that. Like it's just they if they applied half as much scrutiny to them to them to their damn selves as they do to workers, maybe things would be operating a little bit better. But that's just so infuriating. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. And, you know, a lot of people had to quit because some of the people, like in Minnesota, especially in this city we live in, state uh, winter time, buses come late or they get stuck. So you have to be prepared, you know, anytime, any day, if the weather is good or bad, because we just didn't know what kind of weather, you know. And even when we had storms and people couldn't come in, a lot of people ha- got fired because some people couldn't make it to work, but Amazon didn't care. You didn't have those hours, you can't. There's no saving. You have to bring a reason. Why are you calling me? So if there's a storm, I'm like, hey, it's a storm. I don't, I don't feel safe to drive there because I, I drove 50 to 45 minutes to 50 minutes over there. So when the storm hit, either I left early, 
because as like in the morning, I could take my time to get home, you know. But when I knew the storm was coming, I always left early. But other warehouses around Amazon were shut down except Amazon. You know, and that used to like, how is this okay? Like they can see people are struggling to come in. And then when they're short staff, that's when the abuse actually kicks in. They come and pressure you. And I used to tell them, like, for me, I was like, why don't you come? Because I remember there was a manager that came to me, had an attitude. He was like, oh, yeah, you think you can do this, this. I said, I don't think I can do anything, but I'm going to make sure I don't damage myself and, and injure my body and work smart, not work hard. So if that thing is too heavy, I'm not going to lift it because I only signed for 50 pounds or less, not more on my contract. So I'm not going to do that. And they will be like, oh, you have to do it. I'm like, I'm not going to injure my body. I'm sorry. I'll do my part of work, but I'm not going to lift something heavy that I can't lift. And, but they will come like, oh, you, you didn't listen to your manager. You're getting a write-up. You know, the crazy thing is I never got a write-up. When I went back and I said, I need the record of all my write-ups, they was like, you don't have none. So they kind of mentally abuse you also like by scaring you off, you know, because nobody wants to hear a write-up, right? So that was like one of their favorite things. People was always getting right up or not knowing they're getting right up. So one of the things we made final, we need to know, even if a manager write me up, I need to have that knowledge that I got a write up or I got a warning, warning, right? But how you just fire someone without any consent, like don't even know what's going on, what mistake they made. Oh no, he was too slow. Imagine getting fired because you were too slow. You know, that, that, that threw me off. I'm like, people come to work to make a better living. Trust me, if people had other choices, they wouldn't. But people come to work. We come to work to do better. Like when I came to work, I did my part. I just wanted Amazon to do their part. When we get injured, we get sick. And, you know, at that time, you don't understand the bad background of injury Amazon has. There was another Amazon MSP6 where a lady literally stomach fell into a park because this marathon came down to her. She was too short and she was trying to reach it. And it fell on her stomach and cut her off, you know? And when she, I guess she didn't know how to fight them. And that's one of the other fights that motivated me to fight Amazon to the court is when she fought them, I guess they pay for her bills, whatever. But when she came back... 30 days or 60 days prior to that, they fired her. Once I believe, my opinion, once Amazon won their fight, knew this lady was not coming after them because you couldn't sue Amazon. You mm. can go after them. And that's why this bill was so important that we were fighting. Like if you get injured in a company, they should able to, you know, you should able to sue them for what you believe is your right, right? Right. Because I felt like, Besides the turnover, it's just the workload was crazy. The age that they were hiring was ridiculous to me because it was a lot of older ages. Because I was the youngest and I'm 40. Majority of the people worked there were really old. Even if you look at the Caucasian side, the African-American, the young ones, they come there, make their money and quit. Because you can always go back to Amazon. I can work Amazon 30 days and quit and go back after 30 days. You know, I don't even think they do any background check, to be honest. Because certain people that I work with there, they look like people who qualified um, the job. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting anyone, but it's just like the guy that I work with, there was a guy who literally drank at work. And I'm like, how is this okay to allow someone drinking inside the job? You know, you can smell alcohol. 
but <clears throat> that guy never got fired. To me, I feel like because it was a color difference, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I felt. But it is what it is. So it's just the things they did when it came to the African-American with the Latinos and Somali community. To me, it felt unfair because I experienced it. They were buying within my people. There were people who spoke English. They came to me like, you know, was Fashi, why you care? You don't own Amazon. Why you care about these people? You go home. You go, it's not about why this. I'm Muslim. As a Muslim person, I'm witnessing these things. And I'll be judged by my Lord. You know, I don't fear the humans here because no one goes with me when I die except my deeds. And one of the things my religion teaches me is once you turn to God, what do you turn with? Because everywhere we are in life as Muslim people, we are there for a reason. Nothing just happened. Nothing's ever accident. You know, everything happens in the willing of God besides what plans we make. So me being there, seeing things, I felt like it was a way for me to speak up for my community and others. You know, and, and the crazy thing is the janitorial people that work there under union and Amazon is not. And when we start talking, so I made a rumor, right? Just to see if Amazon <laughs> really listens. <laughs> we start, start stirring up some more shit. <laughs> I just wanted to see because they were like, oh, she's not going to do it. She's, uh, you know, they would go to people like, oh, you see, she's losing because it was a tough fight. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a lot of challenges. It was the toughest fight I ever been in. And sometimes, you know, we had ups and downs. But I was had in faith. I said, God would not put me here if he was. So I was like, I'm going to show you that Amazon is a liar and they do listen to everything we do. And she was like, how? I said, we're going to pass rumors saying we're going to do union cards. Guess what? They had a union buster within 24 hours. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna lay, yeah, I'm going to lay this trap. They fell into that, like, right like that. <laughs> yeah, so that showed me, okay, they do kind of do follow up, you know, because how did they find out about us bringing a union in there? We just said it. We didn't even have any union, right? <laughs> just mm-hmm. said it like, okay, well, we're going to pretend like, you know, me and one of my co-hosts, well, let's pretend like we're going to do union. So I kind of spoke loud around certain managers, like, yes, you, let's unionize this. So within 24 hours of that time, though, we had like three different union busters, you know? They didn't come to me, but they went to other workers saying, don't listen to them, union, just going to take your money, you know, all that rubbishness to say about unions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So people were coming to me like, are we really going to be? I was like, now you know Amazon is following us. They were like, what? I'm like, this. I just said it just to say it, just to see if they really do follow up with us or not. But this shows that they do because it's within 24 hours that we use this word. And now we have three different union buses and three different stations, three different locations. So I said, that's when I really got motivated and I said, it's time for me to fight Amazon. I don't care how rich, powerful you are. And I always want people to remember this. And this earth is people who made it, not the rich people, not the, you know, like people feel like the richer you are, the better you make this world. I don't believe that. I believe people voices way louder than any money, anything in this earth. If we come together, because people voice is the most powerful thing we can ever have. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, like right now I'm, I'm doing a boy scout against target, you know? And I know bad way, just with them understanding what religious and beliefs of religion, like everybody can be what they want. You know, like I'm Muslim. I don't have nothing against, uh, you know, LBG community because everyone has to deal with God when they return to him because only him judge. But I feel like with our infant babies, that was not acceptable for me. Like kids, 
people should have their own choices after they're 20 years old. Once they go to college, they should be able to know what they want to be or not, you know, but not our toddlers. So I'm also kind of involved in that because I don't want nobody getting Boy Scout, but I want companies to respect other family members also, you know, like their morals, their beliefs. Because not everybody believes in the same thing. But yeah, so with with Amazon, it, it was a challenging, but I stick there. I had to work my other job with that. And, um, you know, went between organizing and I learned a lot myself. I learned a lot of things about the laws in Minnesota that I did not know about. You know, by the way, we are one of the best states to live in <laughs> as a family. I feel like it's the best state to raise families, even though the weather makes it bad. You know, once you get used to that weather, it's one of the best places to stay. So one of the reasons um, this fight was so important to me and this bill was so important, I didn't want another warehouse to move in Minnesota, make the promises that Amazon did, and I stand by it, you know, and and other companies to adapt to the way Amazon, you know, uh, system is. So that was my other fear because I didn't want other warehouses to adapt to their system, you know, where they make you work like a robot and they make you move. Like sometimes I used to come home, like I'm not going to lie to you, I lost 40 pounds working Amazon 90 days, almost six, 65 pounds because of that back and forth. When I came home, my body ached. Like, you know, when you don't go to gym for decades and you go that one hour mm-hmm. and you think you're the superhero <laughs> and you'll do all that lifting, but then the next day you can barely move. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt coming from Amazon every day for the first 30 days for my body to catch up my feet. I never stand for eight hours straight. You know, um, you get, you get 30 minutes of break here and 30 minutes later, but walking to that break room, it's another five, six minutes, you know? So it's like, by the time I get there, I have what, less than 25 minutes left. And then by the time I, and then the, the, the microwave, they have all these microwaves that does not work. Half of them are broke. And then when you ask them, they tell you, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Um, by the time I get to warm mine, time is already up. They have different flows um, in break room. <laughs> but some flows are way far from the this, this station that you're working. So people want to come to the closest break room because it's only common sense. You don't want to walk. 10 minutes, seven minutes to another break room when there's one nearby, you know? So mm-hmm. that one is the most where everybody comes in. Uh, uh, you know, they throw your food. Amazon don't tell you not. Like, you leave your place. So they clean every Wednesday, which I learned the hard way. Um, my containers were thrown out a couple of times because we're supposed to remove it before um, uh, 6 a.m. But I'm like, we don't even stay until 6. We leave at 3.30. But when we come, our stuff is gone. Imagine every day you come eat every Wednesday and your containers that you brought food with are gone. You know, so I didn't understand that. The company was like, there's nothing we can do. So a lot of people will not bring food, cooked, whatever they would buy from the machine, which I think that's what they wanted. People to buy things from the machine because their machine is cheap. A lot of drinks and stuff like that. But it's just with the breaks, the distance. The condition of the job, the the lack of the air is too dusty, which, you know, it's a warehouse. It's supposed to be dusty. But I was like, I feel like certain areas should be cleaned, you know, or, or ask people to do certain things, give people things to clean with. They'll give you a broom that can barely stand still. I'm like, what would this sweep? Like, 
but give me more allergies. You know, why can you guys have a decent room, something that we can swipe off? So it's just the working condition that it's crazy. And now that we have this bill, I feel like anyone who moves to Minnesota, even come to Minnesota, will have a better understanding of their rights. You know, you know, like one of the bills that was in there that we fought for was the sick pay. Because with Amazon, even though you bring a doctor note, you still didn't get a sick pay. <laughs> you know, after <laughs> the point through all that crap to bring it, you still don't get your sick pay. You have it, but you don't qualify, which mm. it still drives me insane. Yeah, that's nuts, man. And well, well, and yeah, I guess like by way of kind of rounding out, because I know I I can't uh, keep you for too long. I I just wanted to kind of end on that point. If you could um, say more about uh, what it's going to mean for uh, warehouse workers at Amazon and beyond now that, you know, y'all have fought your asses off to get the Warehouse Worker Protection Act passed, uh, and it did. So I guess, yeah, like, what is that going to mean for for workers uh, at warehouses in Minnesota? And what was it like for you when like, to watch it when it got passed? Oh, I was there. I was on my TikTok Live. I wish TikTok Live recorded it, but I was there early. I was the last person to live. Um, it was the most happiest day for me because, and I'm going to be honest, those days we didn't think we'll accomplish, you know? We didn't think we'll win. We had those doubts. But, you know, I we pushed and pushed, and I said, you know what? God will not burn us or give us anything that we can't carry without it, you know? So we just have to fight, and we fought uh, day and night with, below zeros, negatives, you know, those nights was not fun being out there and doing rallies. So it was the most happiest day for me because I know from now on, if I leave Amazon or any warehouse in Minnesota, anyone who comes to Minnesota will have know that, you know, working in a warehouse, you have safety and you got that sick pay, you know, especially with Amazon right now, I have a lot of employees been calling me, telling me, thank you so much. Like we're not under that pressure of working or losing our job. Cause that was the biggest thing in Amazon, people losing their job. You know, they feared that more than getting injured, hurting themselves, you know, cause they didn't want to lose their job because Amazon did pay good, you know, and it was weekly pay, which I understood. <laughs> so now for me, it, I, I can sleep better knowing anyone that work Amazon is not going to be worried about getting fired or under those rates or under those conditions. You know, if they are sick, they're willing to go home. I know they are able to go home. They're able to get sick pay, uh, family pay, family sick pay also. You know, um, Amazon to recognize Eid Day, you know, where we could celebrate our Eid without us asking them that we should ever, because in Minnesota, we will have that day that we get the Eid Day. You know, schools get off a lot of places except warehouses. So now warehouses have better understanding with that, you know. It's just for me, it, it'll make it easier for me that I can leave not, I can leave knowing that people, Amazon, are not under that pressure, you know, not worrying about if they are gone less than a day or they come back and they can't catch up with that speed, they'll get fired, you know, because the app fires you. You come to work the next day and you can't get in the building. And then you look at your app like, oh, terminate it but you don't know why. So they have access to the data. You know, they have rights to know why they're getting fired, why they're getting rid of explanation, which they didn't have that before. 
you know, um, Amazon is going to add Somalian language as a translating, you know, which the most people who work there are Somalians, you know. Uh, most of the managers are Somalians, but they don't break down the rules and the rights. Um, I ask for their orientation time when people come in orientation to have a better understanding. There was a test when you come to the orientation you take. If you fail that test, at the end of the uh, nine-hour shift before you leave, they give you this test. If you don't pass that test, you're, you know, you can't work there. So I feel like they should be fair with the translating and understanding of those tests, which they're changing their ways now, one of the employees told me. So it means a lot. And it was the most happiest day for me because I felt like I accomplished something big, something a lot of people told me I was wasting my time. Something people said, well, I don't know why you're doing this. Because there's days I didn't sleep. There's days I was up for 24 hours, you know, trying to gather things. So it wasn't easy. I had a lot of challenges. But with the East African Community Award Center fighting with me, being there with me, you know, uh, the labor meeting <clears throat> was her name, uh, Eddie Murphy. And also, I forgot her name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember the name uh, for the labor. So Emma. You know, Emma and uh, Senator uh, Murphy, the ones who helped us to push this and fought with us and was standing with us with the rallies, came to speak out at the rallies, you know, because my people always feared losing job because I knew their situation with, you know, them back home, people depending on them, they could not afford. And majority of people they were hiring was people who were literally here 30 days, 60 days. If you hear their stories, you'll go. Wow, you know, 40 days, which I think is a good opportunity that Amazon is giving, but you shouldn't treat people like they are nothing. You know, they should be able to treat people like humans, even though they're not in this country, they don't know their rights. They're doing the dirty jobs that a lot of people can't, don't want to do, you know, and, and they're still coming in and doing their part of work. Why can they be treated like human? And now Amazon has to treat people fair, has to be, you know, when it comes to your health. Your, the injury, because like you read the article, how the injury was higher than any warehouses. Some of those injured, they were hiding them. You know, there was time I went to, I went to a couple of times, I went to um, the place to find out how many times I went to the MCARE, right? Um, I said, hey, I just need a back history of how many times I've been here and, and uh, to the MCARE. And they didn't have a record of that. And I'm like, Every time I come here, you scan my badge. How do you not have a record of me being here? So now we have access to that. Before, you didn't have access to that. So with any reasons, like, they can't just fire you, like, how easy it was before. You know, now people have better understanding and better uh, education. And, and hopefully educate more in those orientations. You know, those 10 hours of orientation, people just sitting there doing nothing to be, you know, taught and give them better knowledge about the company, what the company wants, the standard is, not uh, slave work, you know, but to work better and work smart and not to hurt yourself, you know, and just to be fair. So it's a lot of things that the bill's fighting, like with the children's free lunches. So there's a lot of things with us, warehouse workers and the money sultans, a lot of things that change that will change this bill. I don't know if you read the whole bill, but it will do a lot for my state which I'm very proud of. And, and I want to thank to everyone who was part of this bill, the fought and pushed it, because there was times 
Um, this fight, we got turned down a lot of time. You know, I had to do a lot of hearings. I had to go to a lot of different hearings, speak out for the sick pay and stuff and the fairness and, you know, just get vacation pay without using it for your sick pay, you know, or using your vacation time just because you don't have a TOT or PTO because families like me need my vacation time when my kids go close. You know, I plan to take my kids places. So people should be able to keep those vacation time and be separated from the, you know, <laughs> UPT and the, um, the unpaid time and the and, uh, volunteer time, right? So that's going to change. So it, it does a lot. And I feel like with other states and cities, it will kind of wake them up to this bill because I feel like a lot of cities might need it also. Um, with Amazon, they do mistreat. Because I don't know if you looked at it the past two years, almost 20 cities and states came out protesting against Amazon. So I don't know if you guys ever seen those articles. Uh, Kansas City, the couple walkouts, you know? And New York, I think was the Style Island, if I'm not yeah. wrong. Yeah, we yeah. were. I've I've interviewed Amazon workers at Staten Island. I was there in Bessemer, Alabama, when they were trying to unionize. I've talked to yeah. folks in California who were trying to unionize. It's it's just awful the way that they treat yeah. people. And we all connect. We all talk. We all uh, keep in touch with Amazon and stuff. And you know, I and I want to help other cities and state have a better understanding with this bill, because I feel like a company like Amazon should not just come in and make all these false promises and not stick to it. And, you know, like, and have all these injury rates that they're hiding from the labor, you know, because a lot of people don't go and say, oh, my back hurts. They'll offer you a pain kill, you know? So when you come from, let's say a different country, you hear 30 days, you don't know much, you take a pain kill because you need that money, you go back, but you don't know that you can fight this. You don't know that, okay, this is not okay. Because other countries besides America, they don't care for employees. You know, I'm just going to speak my mind. That I don't think people care about employee workers as much as the Western country do. I don't know other in Europe, but in America. You know, and that changed, this change that bill shows that, okay, our voice matters. If we stick together, fight together and voice out, because those hearings were not fine. Some of them were like 7 a.m., some of them until like, 1 to 5 p.m., you know, so it was up and down. So I had to always have my schedule opening. I had to always work with my schedule, which was very challenging, you know. So some days, as a mental health, you, I had certain um, patients that I had to deal with. So it's just, it does a lot. It changed a lot. And, and I hope other cities and states will look what we did and just, you know, fight together, be together. And our voice matters besides any other voice. You know, no corporation, no billionaire or trillionaire company can bring you down if we stick together and fight it. You know, this will not happen if we wouldn't fight and keep our voices more heard, you know, made it louder. And I, I spoke on my social medias. I post them, you know, about what the situation Amazon, which is crazy. The thing that throws me off is a lot of people got in trouble, but Amazon never fired me, never came to me, never even questioned me. It's like there were, they will see me, but they will not say anything, you know? And people be like, what do you do? I say, ah, maybe I speak my mind. And, and I feel like maybe they know I know my rights, that they just can come to me because I know I will go step one, step two, you know, step three. Maybe they're testing people. I don't know. But for me, I always spoke my mind. 
spoke loudly. Like there was times I was like, I wish they can fire me because I really want to see what more power I can have against them, you know? But it just never happened. But it, it the bill changed a lot. And knowing that people in Amazon today are not fear working under you know those conditions, knowing that they will be safe if injury or something bad happened, may God forbid, they can fight it. They can have a case, you know, and, and just knowing that the state of Minnesota had our backs, you know, and supported us. And, and that meant the world. And, and that's why it was the most happiest day because I really thought it will never come to that day. You know, it, it's been a long, I started 2022, but there was people who were in it from 2018, you know, like Abdurrahman, I would send them were in there from 2018. And the reason they didn't succeed was when the pandemic hit, a lot of people quit, a lot of people got let go. And you know, the crazy thing with pandemic hit, my friend who uh, reformed me to this job, Amazon at the first time, was getting paid $40 because Amazon couldn't have no workers, right? They couldn't hire anyone because of the COVID. A lot of people was taking all those extra monies, right? So people didn't want to work. But when they start hiring, Amazon start hiring from 21 to up. But then... They will give you, they will hire you 18, but they'll give you extra $3 for pick season. But guess what? After a couple of months that I worked there, they took those $3 pick season. And I think that's where a lot of people's like, I can't work $18 and I'm working overnight, you know, 10 hours a day. It's like, how is that fair? So that's one of the reasons most of the protests behind me started of pay. For me, the pay was not important. For me, the condition and the safety was more important because you can make money anywhere. Money comes and goes, but your health, there's no price on your health, right? So that was like, raid can always come next. We can always fight for raids. But right now, I'm focusing on the safety of our work, the safety of the stations that we work in, these chemicals that we're touching and not Amazon, you know, not letting us know there's chemical in the warehouse, which it says is not supposed to be, but it's always there. Always be like, oh, it was an accident. No, it's actually, what if I would rub my hands? And then they have gloves that is not, protect you. I don't even know the reason why we wore those gloves working there, but I will not protect you. So I can sleep better. That's all I can say. And I know a lot of people who work there, people who struggled, who feared to get fired because they were working with me, you know, and, and didn't want Amazon to know who they were today. Tell me, thank you so much. I don't have to worry about, you know, not missing or not go, um, reaching certain rate because I'll get fired, you know? And that means a lot to me. So yeah, the bill will change the state of Minnesota, hopefully good.